gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, Super Friends, welcome back to the DC Superpowers Podcast, issue number 137 for New Comic Book Day, May 15th, 2019. I'm your host, Ken Rose, and here in the basement of the Hall of Justice, and it's been a couple of weeks, I know, since we've had a show. We're trying to get back on schedule. There's some things preventing that here and there, but that's fine, because we are back, and there is a lot of news this week. Uh, And let's jump right into it. It, we've got to start over on the TV side because as of this week, the CW has um, finally given us the official word and they announced it on the Twitter page and the brand new CW at CW Batwoman Twitter page. We get the uh, we got the news that Batwoman has been given a series go. Now this is Batwoman with Ruby Rose that. Um, we saw in the ba- in the CW Elseworlds crossover earlier this year. Uh, the cool thing with this one is that uh, Batwoman. Now, all the most of the other CW shows have LGBTQ um, representation in the shows. There's plenty of characters, gay and lesbian, bi characters, and, th- and trans characters in the shows. This will be the first one that the main lead character is lesbian. So that's a big step forward in the um in representation on these shows now this is kate kane we've seen there as i said she ruby rose plays kate kane bruce wayne's cousin and according to the show's rundown or the log line it says that batwoman will follow rose's kane as quote she soars onto the streets of gotham as batwoman an out lesbian and highly trained street fighter primed to stuff out the falling city's criminal resurgence. But don't call her a hero yet. In a city desperate for a savior, Kane must overcome her own demons before embracing the call to be Gotham's symbol of hope. Now, um, as I said, we saw her already in the crossover event, so we know that it is um, an awesome interpretation, and the costume is amazing, and this is great. Now, I'm thinking this is going to be a mid-season replacement because we know Arrow only has 10 episodes. So I think this is probably going to start after Crisis on Infinite Earths and take Arrow's spot in the schedule. That's what I'm calling right now. I don't know because we don't know how many episodes they have. We don't know anything, any other details. We just know there are official social media accounts for this. And as I said, the Twitter account is uh, at, at CW Batwoman. Let me see here. The Facebook is... Uh, CW Batwoman also on Facebook and Instagram, it is CW Batwoman. So on all social media, look up CW Batwoman and you will find this show. That is going to be fantastic to see come in next year. Also, the to, or this week, we actually got the teaser trailer, the official teaser trailer for Watchmen, which we know is coming this fall for um, on HBO. Now, about the show, Damon Lindelof, which we know is the showrunner for this show, 
as she was saying that um, because if you watch the trailer, it is totally different than what we expect from Watchmen so far. It's not what we've seen in the comic book. It's not seen in the movies or any of the other comics. Well, Damon Lindelof said that this story will be set in the world its creators painstakingly built in the tradition of the work that inspired it. This new story will be must be original. It has to vibrate with seismic unpredictability of its own tectonic plates. So it is a totally different take on this. And we know this also because Dave Gibbons, co-creator of the Watchmen originally, um, actually has broken his silence and is talking about it. He says, I don't think it's going to be what people think it's going to be. It certainly wasn't what I imagined it to be. I think it's extremely fresh. I'm really looking forward to seeing it on the screen. I've been resistant to the comic book prequels and sequels, but what Damon's doing is not that at all. It's very far away from that. So it is basically what we've, it's looking like this show is becoming, is more and more um, of what we're, what we've been told that it's in the world of Watchmen, but it's not what we've seen on the page or screen before. So it's going to be a totally different take on it, which looks, it looks fun. If you get a chance, check out the trailer. Next up, still in trailer news, uh, Swamp Thing we know is coming in a little over two weeks now, I believe. Yeah, it's two weeks from when we're releasing this. We are getting Swamp Thing on DC Universe. And we have another trailer out now. This one is kind of a love story trailer. It is uh, Abby Arcane laying in a swamp talking about um, how sometimes the man you love you not may not exactly be a man and as she does that swamp thing comes into view beside her and basically is curled up beside her so it's abby arcane and swamp thing laying there in the swamp it's all about basically the love and the two of them falling in love is what this trailer looks like so it's not we're not just getting a horror story here it looks like we're going to get a horror story and a whole lot more anybody who knows the swamp thing uh, mythos in the comic books realizes there is a love story in there also between alec holland and abby arcane so it's going to be another one that's going to be fun to see. Uh, we've only got two weeks left of Doom Patrol, so it's going to be awesome to see that wrap up because I know Vernon has been waiting. Um, he's been catching up on Doom Patrol awesome. Also, that is a fantastic show. The DC Universe is showing a lot of really great skill with their writers, and um, they're showing that they really know this material, and they're actually having a good time doing it. So, But moving from there into uh, movie news. The next one I'm calling the whole next section, the Suicide Squad cast, because as the James Gunn is ramping up to get this ball rolling and start filming su- the Suicide Squad, we are getting all kinds of news and rumors and shooting down rumors and all kinds of stuff. This movie is going to be insane. Um, the first one we have is actually James Gunn on Twitter had um, Gavin Gwynn tweeted at him and said i'm excited i'm excited not gonna ask who but have you found all the members of your the team you're looking for and james gunn actually responded back and said yes so it looks like he has assembled the entire suicide squad he has them all cast all locked into their contracts and ready to go they've just not officially announced all of them yet some of them we have had announced, though, is there's a new one that, um, since last time we recorded, is Daniela Melchior, or Melchior, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but she, she has been cast as Ratcatcher. Now, this is interesting because Ratcatcher traditionally is a man, 
But James Gunn is adding this Batman villain to the script with um, to go along with, we know, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, Peacemaker, and the Polka Dot Man are already in there. And we know who the actors for all of those ones are as of right now. Now, King Shark I'll get to in here in just a minute. But <clears throat> um, Daniela is a Portuguese actress, and this is going to make her first major studio role that she's ever actually done. And she's only done Portuguese films up to now, Portuguese language films. So in Ratcatcher, if anybody's not sure, is a character that debuted way back in Detective 558 and was originally intended as a Batman villain. But Ratcatcher uses poison gas on his victims and has an army of rats to run around with him. Or her. In this case, it would be her. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. Now, Ratcatcher has some sort of connection to whatever um, Idris Elba is playing in the film, according to rumors. So she actually joins, we know Idris Elba and John Cena have been added to the cast. Idris Elba, we're not sure who it is. Uh, and the biggest rumors right now is that we, he may be playing Bronze Tiger, which Idris Elba is not a stranger to action roles. So it could be interesting to see him playing Bronze Tiger, which we know is an extreme uh, martial artist. But we know John Cena, as of right now, is going to be playing the Peacemaker. So we got... Um, the Suicide Squad is rounding out. Like I said, we'll get to King Shark here in just a minute because there's some interesting things going on with that. But making up more of the production team, we know that James Gunn has hired Beth Merkel or um, Mickle to be the production designer. Now, anybody who doesn't know that name, she actually was the production designer for all the two Guardians films also with him. So she's worked with him before. She's also did Drive and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. And also, she was... Um, She's tied to the Flash film also, so if it gets off the ground, maybe she's doing the production design for that. I'm not sure yet, because we don't know if this movie's getting off the ground or not. But it, we, um, we'll we see what that happens with that um, in the future. Also, though, like I, I keep teasing that King Shark, well, this week, we've got rumors and shootdowns of rumors. The biggest rumor is that um, Michael Rooker, from that also played in Suicide Squad... Um, played Yondu in Suicide Squad, and everybody knows Michael Rooker from all kinds of stuff. Merle in Walking Dead. He was in um, Mallrats. He was in all. He has been everywhere. Well, the rumor was that he was cast to play King Shark, but then it didn't take long for him to jump straight onto his Twitter or his Instagram and say, "Duh, not. This is not true news. I am not cast in this movie." Now, this could be him trying to damage control until they make the official announcement but as of right now it looks like he was and was not cast for this movie so right now we don't know exactly who king shark is going to be we do have to kind of assume it will be a cg character because king shark i mean killer croc was an interesting doing a live character doing it but king shark is about twice the size of killer croc so we got to see what's coming with that when this movie gets comes out it's going to be great to see <clears throat> the other one that in the realm of Really, do we really want this? But it would keep with the continuity. Is Jared Leto has released a statement. Now, we know Joaquin Phoenix is playing Joker in the Joker movie in October, which looks like an interesting film, and I am very happy that it's actually a total standalone film. It has nothing to do with the DC Cinematic Universe so far. But uh, Jared Leto has said, I would definitely play the Joker again. It will depend on the script and the circumstances, as it all as it always does. I loved it. I love these films because they get people excited to go to the movies again, 
or just period. I don't know about again. So I think it's a miracle. Five, ten years ago, I don't know if we thought there would be people this excited to go to the movies this weekend. So I think that's a celebra- that's a celebration. It created a mythology that people love. And the actors are phenomenal. I'm all in. I love it. I think it's a blast. Now, we don't know... As far as we know, Joker has not been actually written into this script or any of the other ones. Now, I guess there's been some uh, photos from the set of Birds of Prey that show Joker maybe in there, if even if it's just like through a window or something. And that would actually make sense since Harley's in there. And that, once again, Harley is in this movie again. So, and Joker had a um, pretty sizable role in the last Suicide Squad movie. And since we know that Jai Courtney and um uh, Margot Robbie and um Joel Kinnaman and um Viola Davis are all coming back from that movie this does look like it it will be um if not an actual sequel to the last suicide squad at least in the same world as the last suicide squad so an unofficial sequel i think you could call it so it would make sense that if they wanted to show anything with Harley in her background again they would actually probably bring him in to be Joker. But I'm not sure. We will find out once again. Like I said, we will find out in August of 2020. Or no, I believe it's 2021. Uh, let me look here. I don't have the date right in front of me, but it was in the last show, last one. So let me see here. Ah, see, that's what happens when you bounce around on links. Yeah, August 6th, 2021 is when, when The Suicide Squad is set to premiere. So we will find out then. Um, another one, though... Th- talking about release dates now we've known for a while that aquaman 2 is scheduled for december 16th of let me look it has the date right in front of me here if i can find it there uh august 16th of 2022 well looks like disney has once again thrown down the gauntlet now we know um this is not the first time that uh warner brothers and disney have gone up against each other but it looks like Aquaman 2 for December 16th, 2022, well, this past week, uh, anybody who's, everybody out there, everybody listening, all your super friends, I know you saw the news that Disney has released their unofficial slate of movies all the way up through 2027. And every Christmas starting in 2022, there will be either a Star Wars or an Avatar film. Well... December 16th, 2022, will have a Star Wars movie released also. So Aquaman 2 and Star Wars will premiere on the same day. Now, that basically puts them straight head-to-head, which could hurt both movies at the box office. So it's wondering, will someone balk and possibly move their release date? Will Aquaman move forward or back? And probably, knowing Disney, more than likely Warner Brothers will move Aquaman either two weeks before or two weeks after this date. Now, I could see, if I remember right, Aquaman was um, Aquaman was closer to Christmas for the first one, so if they would move it back, it would actually either be on the twenty third uh, or the thirtieth, which I don't see them doing after Christmas. So they may move Aquaman back to the twenty third and go for Christmas weekend for the premiere. Uh, but we will find out. That's still four years away, so we got plenty of time to figure this out, for them to figure this out and figure out what they want to do. Um, but a little bit more movie news, and this is in the this. DC animated universe. Now, anybody who's been watching the DC animated movies may remember the DC animated shorts that they put out and they, um, called the DC showcase. Now, most of these were put out in, um, on the DVD with the feature length films and they were just short films with different, um, 
characters in them. Now, let me get to the bottom here. It um, has a little bit more. Uh, now, they also did release a longer ver- form uh, movie, but it was actually put out, um, and that was the Superman Shazam Return of the Black Adam. Um, and that was used actually as an anchor to put when as a re-release for all of these onto one disc. In the original mo- the original short films, they had the Spectre, which was originally released in 2010 with Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. They had the Jonah Hex um, short that was released with Batman Under the Red Hood in 2010. Green Arrow, which was released with Batman Superman or Superman Batman Apocalypse in 2010, and uh, Batman Shazam: Return of the Black Adam, which uh, anchored itself and had the other those other mo- films on the DVD with it. There was also a Catwoman short that was put out uh, in 2011 that came out with Batman Year One. So, but looks like there is a new round of these DC showcase shorts coming and it will be basically, they will be released the same way with, um, features that are coming up. So one of these we may see with, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that's coming out, I believe this month, if not next, if not, we will definitely see one in front of Batman Hush, which we know is coming later this year. And, um, Wonder Woman Bloodlines will probably have one also. And then whatever the next round of movies after that is, we'll probably have these also. Now, these move, these shorts, the first one we have is Sergeant Rock. Now, this is going to show, these DC showcase, a lot of times, other than the Green Arrow, we're, um, showcasing heroes that, uh, people don't know as well, that the mainstream audience a lot of times doesn't remember as well. So the first one is going to be Sergeant Rock, and it is executive produced and directed by, Bruce Tim, which everybody everybody knows from the Batman animated universe and um and Batman the animated series. So, but the script he's producing and directing Sergeant Rock with a script by comics writers Lewis Simonson and Walt Simonson, which are if you don't know who those are, look them up. They've been everywhere in comics for a long time. They are legends in the comic realm. And Tim Sheridan, the who um wrote with Reign of the Supermen. Now, the original tale finds battle-weary Sergeant Rock thinking he has seen everything that World War II can dish out, but he is in for the surprise of his life when he is assigned to lead a company consisting of legendary monsters into battle against an unstoppable platoon of Nazi zombies. Now, Carl Carl Urban from Star Trek, he played, remember, uh, Dr. McCoy in Star Trek. Also, he was in Lord of the Rings. He's been all over the place in all kinds of other movies and stuff. He was in Almost Human, I believe it was, uh, a TV series that was made. He has been played all kinds of stuff all over the place. His geek cred goes way deep. He will be playing Sergeant Rock, but also in the voice cast are Keith Ferguson, William um, Salyers, and Audrey Waslewski. Then the next movie, or the next short being uh, produced is Adam Strange. Now, this is being produced and directed by Butch Lukic uh, from ba- the Batman Unlimited franchise, who also conceived the original story, and it was written by J.M. Dematis that did Constantine City of Demons. Now, on a, on a rugged asteroid mining colony, few of the toiling workers are aware that their town drunk was ever anything but a planetary derelict. But when the miners open a fissure into the home of a horde of deadly alien insects, his true identity is exposed. He is space adventurer Adam Strange, whose heroic heroic backstory is played out in flashbacks as he struggles to save the very people 
who have scorned him for so long. Now, Charlie Weber from How to Get Away with Murder provides the voice of Adam Strange, and he's joined on the cast by Roger R. Cross, Kimberly Brooks, Ray Chase, and Fred Tatashore. The next one is they're doing Death. And this is um, the character of Death from Neil Gaiman's uh, Sandman. It's being produced and directed by Sam Liu from Justice League versus the Fatal Five. And if it's another one that if you have don't know who this is, look at the DC Animated Universe for the last 10 years. He's directed most of those films and helped co-write them. He's been a writer-producer in, DC, in the Warner Brothers animated features for years. Um, and it was written by J.M. Dematis, once again, um, from Constantine City of Demons and actually Batman Bad Blood. Now, in this story, Vincent, an artist with unresolved inner demons, meets a mysterious girl who helps him come to terms with his crazy leg- or creative legacy and eventual death. Now, Leonardo Nam from Westworld provides the voice of Vincent and Jamie Chung from Gifted and uh, Big Hero 6 is the voice of death. Also in the cast, we get Darren DePaul, Keith Zarabajka, and Carrie Walgren. Then the next one is The Phantom Stranger. This also by, has Bruce Tim as executive producer and director, and it's being written by Ernie Altbecker, who did Teen Titans The Judas Contract. This is set in the 1970s, the short follows young adult Jess as she joins her friends at a party in a dilapidated mansion hosted by the mysterious Seth. When odd things begin to happen to Jess and her friends, the Phantom Stranger intervenes to save her from a dreary fate. Peter Serafinowitz from The Tick gives the voice of the Phantom Stranger, and Michael Rosenbaum is returning to DC Animated. Um, now, Everybody knows him from Smallville and Impastor, but also he was the Flash in all the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and many things since then. He's going to provide the voice of Seth. Now, The Phantom Stranger also features Natalie Lander, Greg Griffin, and Roger Craig Smith on the voice cast. Now, the next one, similar to the way Batman or Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam was the anchor for a collection of these, Batman Death in the Family is going to be a little bit longer and it is also going to be an anchor like that. Now, we don't have any details of that at all, but we do know that one will be out in 2020, and we'll get a lot more information and on the compilation and on that film itself when we get closer to it. Now, I'm assuming, just like the Superman Shazam, this will be released as a um, all-one-disc Blu-ray with Sergeant Rock, Adam Strange, Death, and the Phantom Stranger, um, along with... Batman Death and the Family. So the disc will be probably be Batman Death and the Family, and then the other ones will be backups on this. Uh, which, actually, I kind of like this idea. I almost wish they would have done this with The Killing Joke, because remember we said that The Killing Joke, the first half of that story wasn't needed at all. But they had to put something, because The Killing Joke really didn't make that long of a story. Well, this one, Death and the Family, looks like they're doing similar to it, except instead of trying to stretch that story out and make it longer than it needed to be, they're going to let that be a short and then just put these other movies in there to allow you to be able to um, actually get your money's worth out of this. So we know, um, as I said, we know Batman Hush and Wonder Woman Bloodlines are supposed to be coming later this year. So we'll probably get the first two of these movies with of these short films with it. Sergeant Rock and Adam Strange will probably come out with those two films later this year. So um, from there, we have a little bit of comics news. And the first one I'm going to go to is um, Heroes in Crisis is finally going to is coming to an end finally this month with issue number nine. Now 
uh, part of this is going to have some spoilers, so I'm not going to spoil that yet because this is a great story. I don't want to spoil it for you. If you've not caught up through issue number eight, you need to get there because this is amazing. I can't wait for issue nine to see where they're going to finish this. Now, once it's done, I'll probably talk with Vernon about it, hopefully, and we'll be able to um, talk more about it on the show here. But um, that has some big spoilers that I don't want to spoil for you yet. But we know issue nine is coming later this month, but DC has actually rescheduled it and bumped it back a week. So it releases at the end of this month on May 29th. Now, by moving that back, they're actually putting it, um, setting it up to coincide with the, um, the release date of Doomsday Clock number 10, which also comes out that day. And we know, um, according to the solicits, this Doomsday Clock number 10 is set to reveal, quote, the secrets behind Dr. Manhattan and his connection to the DC universe. And remember, we've already seen sketches and stuff that we know this, that somehow the Justice Society fits into this episode or issue number 10 also. So I'm interested to see interested to see what happens there and it's great that the we are finally getting the Justice Society back in the DC universe. But the um Heroes in Crisis let me see if this has a spoiler in it because the actual solicit for it's here. Now Heroes of Crisis number 9 that's being released is also um okay if I, if I come to the spoiler I'll have to skip it here but we know it's written by Tom King, it's art and cover by Clay Man or Clay Man. Um, now, the solicit says the most talked about miniseries of the year reaches its stunning finale. The mystery behind the murders at Sanctuary is solved, but the mind behind it is one of is one the heroes never expected. With their deepest secrets exposed, the Trinity has to consider how to carry on. Should they should the tragedy cause them to redouble their efforts to helping their hurting comrades, or will they need to close up shop? The answers will be found in the ashes of this final showdown and the fates of Booster Gold, Harley Quinn, and the rest hang in the balance. Now, that is coming on um, May 29th. Now, if you've been reading Doomsday Clock, you know the Superman, or the idea of the, I forget what it was called, the Superman Manifesto or whatever, that got people to not to um, be worried about heroes and stuff, hasn't happened in the DC Universe yet. All the events that were set up through Doomsday Clock haven't quite happened yet, and we're supposed to, by the time Doomsday Clock finishes, in another two to three months, we're supposed to be caught up to the beginning of it at least. So this may be setting up the uh, beginning of that, where people are going to start mistrusting the heroes of the DC Universe. We'll have to see what happens here at the end of this month. That's we still got two weeks from that, though. So, um, And the last thing I actually have for this week is that um, the company ICV2 and Comicron have actually done a study and actually have the total sales of comics and graphic novels to consumers in the U.S. and Canada for the last couple of years, showing that the 2018 sales report, comic business is doing really well. In fact, the comic sales are doing better than they ever have before. With um, the now, I believe they take this, or what helps is, um, and what kind of shows that this is happening is if you look at what Avengers Endgame has been able to do, they actually hit one billion dollars their opening weekend, and after at the end of their second weekend, they hit two billion dollars. I'm not sure where they're at right now, but they are doing a phenomenal um, business right now. Now, the DC films have also done well. The Arrowverse is huge, and um, there's all kinds of um, non-superhero comic book shows on TV right now also. 
So comic books are doing phenomenal in media, but comic books themselves are also doing well. Now, according to, like I said, the new study by ICV2 and Comicron, total sales of comics and graphic novels to consumers in the U.S. and Canada were around $1.095 billion in 2018. That's eight hundred or eighty million dollars more than twenty seventeen, and ten million more than the previous all time high from twenty sixteen. Now the study attributes the twenty eighteen increase both um, to both gains in um, book channel and digital sales, as well as includes estimates of sales made through crowdfunding sites. So, like if you backed a comic book on um, Netflix or or not Netflix, sorry, Kickstarter or GoFundMe, it's taking estimates from that also. Now, John Jackson Miller, um, who's actually an author also, um, but he works with Comicron, also noted that popular releases also helped bolster numbers for comic shops. Now, popular releases would be like the Action Comics. Um, 80 Years of Superman and Action Comics number 1000. Those, things like that make a big difference. Um, it says, after a brief downturn of 2017, the market bounced back last year, according to Miller. Popular, popular releases helped write the, comics, or write the shop in comic shops, even as other sales avenues made significant gains. And that's things like Walmart. Um, DC's Walmart books are doing phenomenal right now. Um, so, but also we have like scholastic books and things like that, that are now sold in comics. We have the, um, big box stores, comic books are available just about anywhere right now, which is awesome. And that's showing that people are actually reading comics again. So the, what the companies were hoping for from the movies is actually showing that people are buying comics again. So I say, keep at it. The, all that's going to do is make it better for all of us because the uh, more books that sell, the more they're going to put out. So, But with that, that's all of my news stories for this week. But we can't end the week without our weekly trip. And that sound can only mean one thing. It is time for our weekly trip to the comic book shop. Well, mostly weekly when I'm able to actually get these shows out. But this week's comic book shop pull list is for February, sorry, not February, May 15th, 2019. And we actually have seven books on the shelf for DC Comics for this week. Starting with, now before I get to that though, remember the comic book pull list and the comic shop is brought to you by the Shazbots. You just heard their song, The Comic Book Shop. Check them out on iTunes and Facebook and um, Spotify and everywhere else that you can hear music. And um, look them up on Facebook. Let them know, or over at Shazbots.com, let them know that the DC Superpowers podcast sent you. Now, as I said, we have seven books this week from DC Comics, starting with Aquaman number 48. On the cusp of recovering his lost memories, Aquaman must overcome one final obstacle. A terrifying journey into the heart of darkness itself, the lair of the monstrous Mother Shark. There, Aquaman must face his greatest challenge yet and look into his past, present, and future. That is, if he has any future at all. Art is done by Viktor Bogdanovich, and it's 
written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. And the, the Aquaman story that just wrapped up was amazing with the old gods of the sea and things and those. If you get a chance, go back and read that. Kelly Sue DeConnick's first run on Aquaman has been great so far. Next up, we get Teen Titans number 30, the Terminist Agenda epilogue. Every decision and consequence after the shocking events of Deathstroke number 43, trust us, you don't want to miss it. It's time for Damien and the rest of the Teen Titans to take stock in what they've done. But the team barely has time to process before a new threat emerges in the form of Crusher's absentee father, Lobo. Art is done by Bernard Chang and it's written by Adam Glass. That was another story. That Terminus Agenda has been really, really cool. It's Remember, uh, Damien has been keeping uh, the criminals in this hidden bunker underneath the... Uh, underneath the Titans headquarters and no one knew they were there until Deathstroke lets them out. And now everybody knows that Damien was keeping these criminals there without any due process of law or anything like that. Just that way they, he was figured if he kept them there, they couldn't get back out. So now everybody has to figure out what, what they think of this and everything shakes out here, but it looks like we actually get Lobo. So we may actually get more of Crush's backstory here. Finally. Next up on the list, we get Superman number 11. Named one of the best books of the year by Paste Magazine, Comics Beat, and others, the Unity Saga continues. The drama of the House of El tears the galaxy in half as Superman and his son are forced to confront his father about the secrets of Krypton in front of the gathered heads of the galaxy. Superman makes a bold choice that will forever change his relationship with the Earth, the Justice League, and his family. Witness one of the more, most important chapters in Superman's history. Art is done by Joe Prado and Ivan Reese, and is written by Brian Michael Bendis. And this here looks like it's actually going to set up um, what we see at the end of Supergirl from last week, where she actually met, meets up with John and Superman out in space. This is going to show why they're out there, it looks like. Uh, after that, we actually get Batman number 71. And this is moving full speed into the city of Bane, which is coming later this summer. The Fall and the Fallen continues. Will it be father and son working together or tearing each other apart? When it comes to the Waynes, expect a little bit of both. In the quest to get Bruce Wayne to hang up the cape and cowl, Thomas Wayne is going to have to use a little tough love. Only not all the muscle behind it will be his own. Art is done by Michael Janine and is written by Tom King. Hopefully at this point we're going to finally learn how is Tom Wayne, Thomas Wayne in our universe. Now this is the Thomas Wayne from Flashpoint, the Thomas Wayne that is actually Batman and the, the, with except without Bruce's moral code. So I'd, I want to see how what happened, why is he here in our universe? Uh, then we get Wonder Comics, Naomi. This is it. In this issue, all the secrets are revealed. Who is Naomi? Where did she come from? What can she do? And what does it mean for the rest of the DC universe? It's the one you've been waiting for from Bendis, Walker, and Campbell. And uh, the, as I was saying, the art is done by Jamal Campbell, written by David F. Walker and Brian Michael Bendis. Now, this has been an interesting story because we do learn in this that um, Naomi's father, or foster father, is actually from Ran, and the um, huge guy that was in the, um, that's the mechanic in town is actually an old Thanagarian, um, he was a member of the, uh, oh, what's it called? The Warhawks or um, the Hawk Guard, I believe it is. He was a member of there. So these guys were mortal enemies, but they were still living together in town, um, trying to get away from the war. 
and helping raise Naomi. Well, now we're going to get the full story of who she is. Why is she being protected here? Uh, all that in Naomi number five. It's been a really cool story. I'm liking Wonder Comics so far. Next up, we get Nightwing number 60. Detective Alphonse Sapienza may be a natural-born leader, forged through his many years in the GCPD, but does that give him what it takes to lead the Nightwings when their lives are in danger as never before? As fires that seem to have a mind of their own rage through Bloodhaven, targeting cops, the team is up against its greatest test yet. Joined by Rick Grayson, how will the Nightwings save the city's finest from a red-hot vendetta and the city's newest villain, Burnback? Art's done by Christopher Mooneyham, and it's written by Dan Jurgens. Then this one's getting interesting, seeing the four Nightwings and not know, them not knowing how Rick Grayson is actually Dick Grayson Nightwing. I don't know how long they're going to keep this going before he gets his full memories back. I know we're going to get Nightwing back eventually, but it's interesting seeing each of these uh, four characters and what their take on being Nightwing is. And then the last book we have for this week is... Justice League, number 24. And this is chapter 5 of The Sixth Dimension. Now, all this we know is leading into the year of the villain, which we got a taste of last week with Free Comic Book Day's um, 25-cent year of the villain special. So if you didn't get that, go your local comic shop may still have some copies of it. Check that out, because that book sets up the year of the villain event that's coming up this year, um, Event Leviathan from in the Superman titles that's coming this year, and it's setting up um, it helps with the story of the Batman who laughs and setting up the new Batman Superman storyline with the uh, uh, Secret Six. So go check that out if you get a chance. If not, uh, comics, I believe Comicsology probably will have it on there for 25 cents also. It's a book you definitely need to see to uh, see to get a preview of what's coming up. But this is Justice League number 24, The Sixth Dimension, Chapter 5. The league's the league's plan is in full swing, but one member of the team isn't on board with their message and sides with the World Forger. Betrayed, there's only one person who can turn the tide of this battle. Can Superman find the strength to escape his prison planet and save the Justice League, or is the league doomed to live out their days trapped in the sixth dimension? Art is done by George Jimenez and is written by Scott Snyder, and that brings us to the end of that. Super friends, thanks for hanging out with me this week. Um, it's another bit of a short episode. I blew through it really fast. I got to learn how to slow down here when I'm on my own. But um, I couldn't skip another week because the news is just kind of racking up as if I if we skip any. So I'm going to try to get these out weekly. Still, uh, we're trying to figure out the schedule and how we're going to be able to do this. But um, thank you for hanging out with us and sticking with us as we're figuring all these things out. Um, but. If you want to check us out, check out www.dcsuperpowers.com. And on the site, it is has been totally redesigned. You actually, we have a friend, the friends tab on there, which has um, our network homes and other podcasts that either we we are part of or we're partners with and friends with. Check those out. There's links on there to all the different podcasts. They're all great shows. Um, also, you can go to the gear tab. On the gears tab, you can go to our T Public store. Now, the T Public store has on there T-shirts, tote bags, 
sweaters, kids' hoodies, kids' um, you can get baby onesies, all with the DC Superpowers podcast logo on it. Now, anybody who gets something on the DC um, on the T Public store for the DC Superpowers podcast, take pictures and send them to me. I'll put you up on our social media. You can be on our Facebook and on our Twitter. I'll even put you put a gallery on the website so that all of the friends of the show can um, put up your uh, you wearing our gear. I would love that. That would be awesome to see. So uh, go to the T Public store through the DC Superpowers website. Um, also, there is a photo gallery with uh, last year it wrapped up, but the Cleveland Public Library actually had a year-long exhibit of Superman from Cleveland to Krypton, and it was memorabilia throughout, through, throughout the history of Superman. So there was stuff from the original creation all the way through the modern movies and stuff, and I have pictures from that exhibit, all kinds of pictures in the photo gallery of the DC Superpowers podcast. And then the last spot on the uh, site is our sponsor friends. Now, none of this is going to cost you any extra, but I, we have links to Things from Another World, uh, which is a comic site. And you can get uh, trades. A lot of the Things from Another World, you can get a lot of trades that are officially called Scratch and Dent. You can get them 50 to 75% off because maybe they have a wrinkle in the corner of the cover or something. Check that out. Uh, also, we have superhero stuff. And... Sideshow Collectibles, two great homes for collectibles and statues and things from the DC Universe. Check all that out over at the DCSuperpowers.com. Now, also, um, you get a whole, you can find all of our shows on DCSuperpowers.com also. But you can also find us on all of our social media. On Twitter, we are at D- SuperpowersDC. On Instagram and Facebook, we are DC Superpowers Podcast. Um, if we have a change to our schedule or something, or if we are broadcasting live, we will put it up on social media so you guys can see and hang out with us. You can also find me on Twitter as GW1Ken, at Instagram and Facebook. I'm, or no, it's Twitter and Instagram. I'm GW1Ken. On Facebook, I'm just Ken Rose. You can also find our show at um, the t- network homes of the Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and WeBeGeeks at WeBeGeeksPC.com. You can also email us. DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know you're listening to the show. That's awesome. I actually I still have stickers and some um, DC Superpowers coin challenge coins that I would love to give out to some listeners. Email me, give me your address, I'll send you some merch, some swag. So DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. That's how you get a hold of us. And I read all the emails, so you're gonna definitely get to me. I'll probably, if you want, I can read I'll read it on air for you. Uh, but from there, once again, thank you for hanging out with us, friends, and I guess we'll see you next week.